Amen. Hey, kids, come with me. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Come on. You, you two can, you can come if you want to. It's up to y'all. No. Like, are you, you're, you're not, we're not kids anymore? Okay. All right. I get that. Come on. Come on. All right. Oh, come here and let's stand this way. Turn around that way. Okay. All right. Wave at all, wave at, wave at everybody at home. Say, hey, hello, hello. All, all the children at home gather around the TV. You see any of them waving? No? You don't see anybody? You, you don't see them? I, I'm pretty sure I see Oliver and Penelope. No? Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm just imagining. I'm probably just imagining. Okay. Y'all, y'all can have a seat right here. Is that good? All right. Good deal. Um, so y'all ever play follow the leader? Yeah? You play follow the leader? You don't, you've never played follow the leader? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You have. Okay. Well, if we weren't here for worship, we would play follow a leader so y'all could do that. But I probably better not quite do that yet. Um, so do you all, um, you, you, played, you played Simon Says? You play, okay, so you have played that, right? So you're only supposed to do what Simon Says, right? Is that how it works? So, so um, it's kind of like that with Jesus, isn't it? We're supposed to do what Jesus says but not do what maybe necessarily other folks. What do you think Jesus did when he was here on earth? Y'all have any ideas what Jesus did? Huh? He created everything. He did that before he came here. But what did he do after he was here on earth walking as a person? What kinds of things did Jesus do? Do you think think Jesus ever beat up his brothers? You do? (laughs) Y'all keep coming back to Wednesday night. And um, I I don't think Jesus beat up his brother. I don't think so. Do you think Jesus was obedient to his parents? I think he was too, right? But, but what's that? He cared about everyone. That is right. That's what we saw him do when he came, right? He cared about people. And, and what else did Jesus do? You remember other stories about Jesus, huh? He was loving. Okay, good. You think Jesus prayed? Yeah? You think Jesus, like, studied Scripture and read the Bible? You know, in his days, it was only the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament yet. That was written after Jesus, right? Yes. He was what? He was kind, right? That's good. Right. And, and we see stories, right? We see stories in Scripture of where Jesus, uh, in fact, I think I have one. Let's see. Hmm. I'm not sure if I marked these well, so we'll see. Here's what we read in Mark. I'm going to read, I'm going to read what Mark says. Um, here, here's what we read in Mark about Jesus. Um, it, it says that um, at sunset, Jesus was at a friend's house. It says at sunset, uh, people brought, uh, uh, the people brought to Jesus those who were sick and demon-possessed. And the whole town gathered near, and he healed those who were sick with all kinds of diseases. Uh, but but um, 
and he also cast out the demons. And then it says the next morning, uh, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and he went out to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. And so scripture tells us that Jesus healed people and that Jesus um, prayed and spent time alone with God, right? And over in Matthew, uh, we read another story that says um, that Jesus was traveling throughout Galilee, traveling throughout his community, and he was teaching in the synagogue. That's like the church um, in our day, teaching in the synagogue. And he announced the good news uh, that God had come near, and he healed people and their sickness. And the news about him spread all over the place. So we read those stories about Jesus and the kinds of things that he did, right? And in fact, in Luke, this is what Jesus says about himself. Uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, um, Jesus, uh, it, it tells us that one day Jesus was in the, in the synagogue. And so it says, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And he taught in the synagogue, so he taught again, and he was giving praise in the synagogue. And, and um, on the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue as he normally did, and they asked him to read the scroll. And this is what he read from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim release to, to prisoners, uh, and, to, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to liberate those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year uh, of, of jubilee, the year of favor. And he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the assistant, and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled. And so again, uh, Jesus in these passages um, is, is saying, these are the kinds of things I came to do. And so guess what? As followers of Jesus today, what do you think are things that we should be doing? Any ideas? Yes? Doing chores, that's good, yep. Yes? Telling people about Jesus, that's good. Anybody else? You thinking of something? Are you sure? Okay, I thought maybe you were. Okay. So, so we should be doing the same kinds of things Jesus did, shouldn't we? We should be praying, we should be learning about Scripture, we should be, um, we should be um, being nice to other people and loving other people, being kind, right? Um, we should be obedient to our parents, yes? Shouldn't beat up on our brothers and sisters? Oh, well, you all aren't agreeing with me on all of these, huh? Okay. Yes? Um, some things are a little bit harder than others, aren't they? Huh? It, it's a little bit harder... It's a little bit harder not to hit somebody back when, when your brother or sister is being annoying, huh? Of course, we're never annoying to them, right? Well, maybe. Um, well, well, the point is, is that we've been talking about what it, we, we've been talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, and too often, it seems to me, as we think about what it means to be a, a, a follower of Jesus, we've kind, of, we've kind of lost that, it seems like to me, in the church today. Uh, it, it seems like we uh, see the, play, uh, the church as a place where we, um, too often, we, we just come to feel better about ourselves, or, or we come um, so that we um, ca can be sure that we have our ticket to go to heaven or, or whatever. Um, we forget that the, 
that the church and the being a follower of Jesus is about spending time with Jesus and learning about Jesus and actually doing the things that Jesus did. And so today, I want to invite, you all can go back to your parents if you want to, um, and um, I'll, I'll speak to the adults now. Is that okay? What kinds of things did Jesus do? Huh? Pray? Heal? I just want to make sure you all pay attention. Um, what? He, oh, he ate with sinners. Have you been reading my sermon notes? Huh? Yeah, some of these things we forget that Jesus did, right? Um, we, we, yes? Well, I've got a few more scriptures, there, just a couple more scriptures that I want to read. But, but before I do those, I mean, I, I do want us to think about um, the model that Jesus gave us for apprenticeship and discipleship. You know, I think sometimes we often think that our faith is about a one-time decision we make where we say, well, I just believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus existed. I, I believe he died for my sins. Uh, but if we, if we look at the model of Jesus, uh, first of all, he didn't come and say, hey, uh, believe that I died for your sins because he hadn't died yet, right? Jesus came and first he invited people to come and be with him. Right? He invited the disciples to come and see. He invited them to come and to get to know him. Um, and then he had them spend more in-depth time with him, uh, uh, learning about the ways of God. He, he, he taught the people, especially we see in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he taught everybody who would listen what it truly meant to follow God. He interpreted the Old Testament in a way that they understood what it meant to follow God in their day and time. And not only did he teach about it, but he said, come and follow me and watch me live it out. Come and watch and see how I interact with people, how I uh, touch people who are sick and bring healing and hope, how I eat and drink and not just with sinners, we think of sinners as being uh, people who do bad things, but he ate and drank with people who did not look like with him. He ate and drank with people who are on the fringes of society who nobody else would have anything to do with. And he offered them healing and hope and invited them to be a part of community. And we see Jesus do all of these things with his followers following him around. And not only that, if we, if we pay attention, we know there's at least two occasions in Scripture where Jesus then sent his disciples out. And he said, you've seen what I've done. You've, you've, um, you've listened to my teaching. Now you go out into the villages and you talk about the kingdom of God and talk about... Uh, uh, and, and offer healing and hope to people. And, and then they came back and they met with Jesus and they reflected on what they had done. Uh, this was a wonderful example of apprenticeship and of discipleship and of what it meant. And in fact, in the early church, um, this is what uh, discipleship looked like. You know, it seems like today you, you, you go to a church like two Sundays in a row and then you want to join and become a member. Um, in Jesus' day, um, folks often spent one to three years learning and doing before they ever became members 
of of the home church. Um, They actually were taught what Jesus did and then had an opportunity to do as Jesus did. I want to read a couple of more passages, um, except now I lost what I wrote down, so hopefully I can remember. Um, A couple of more passages, one from uh, John chapter 13, beginning in verse 12. Uh, We may remember this. This is uh, one of the last meals Jesus had with his disciples when um, he knew that he would be um, dying on the cross soon, and he wanted to prepare his disciples. And so uh, this is part of that meal. And, and Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, and then he, after he had washed the feet of his disciples, he put on his robe, returned to his place at the table, and he said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly. Because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who sent greater than the ones who sent them. But since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. We see in this last teaching that Jesus was inviting his disciples to live and to love like him. All of his life was an example of what it means to be a human being living in connection with the Holy Spirit. Paying attention to the Spirit and responding to the Spirit. And even in this last opportunity, he wanted his disciples to understand that following Jesus is not about lording it over people. But it is about serving other people. It is about um, engaging people in a non-violent, peaceful, loving way to serve others. And in fact, in chapter 14, um, in, in chapter 14, when Jesus was interacting uh, with Philip, we read this, this story, which I think maybe, or this uh, piece of passage, which may be a little bit more difficult for us um, to. Um, to get our heads around. Um, Philip had asked Jesus about, about, um, uh, about knowing God the Father, and Jesus said to him, um, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you, I don't speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me does his works. Trust me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on account of the works themselves. Often because of this passage, we stop there, and we often think that the works that Jesus did were just simply ways to prove that he was divine rather than to be examples for us. But Jesus goes on to say this. He says, I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Now, if he had stopped there, that would be really good. But he goes on to say, they will do even greater works than than I because I am going to the Father. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that one is hard for me to get my head around when it says we will do greater works. Uh, But however we understand this, Jesus is clearly saying to those first disciples um, that his his life was, was not just to prove that he was divine. His life was not just to prove that he was Messiah. His life was intended to be an example for those who would come after him. His life was intended to show us the way to walk and to live with God on this earth in human beings. In connection with God the Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In such connections that God's works, that God works in and through us to make a difference in the lives of other people. Now the only way I can get my head around this idea that we do greater works than Jesus is not that we did greater things, but by the fact that Jesus was limited when he was on earth to a particular geographic area, and he could only uh, touch and heal and give hope to those who were immediately around him. But after he died and rose and ascended, he sent the Spirit upon those disciples and upon those who would follow him. And the doing greater works is more about magnitude than, than, than um, the dramaticness of the, of, the, of the works. Does that make sense? In other words, uh, now that he has gone, the Spirit can work in his followers today to spread throughout the earth. And that's exactly what we saw in the book of Acts, isn't it? If we follow the book of Acts, we see that after Jesus' death and resurrections, his first followers indeed did the same kinds of things that Jesus did. Except they didn't do it just in Jerusalem and Judea, but they went to Samaria and they spread out through all of the earth, even making it to America eventually, to share the good news of Christ not just in word, but in deeds, bringing healing and hope to those whom they came into contact. Now, I I don't know uh, um, what happened to Christianity, although as I've studied the church, you know, I think since the time of Constantine, uh, the church has struggled. Uh, You know, Constantine was the emperor of Rome, and basically what Constantine did is he made Christianity the religion of the empire. And it seems like to me that once Christianity becomes the religion uh, of the empire, uh, that more times than not, uh, uh, rather than being followers of Jesus Uh, followers become cheerleaders for the empire that they're a part of rather than being a part of a movement that seeks to transform cultures. Christianity uh, too often uh, becomes... um, becomes or it emphasizes this idea that following God is just... um, helps us accept the status quo and, and just try to survive now in hopes of a life Uh, better in the hereafter rather than encouraging us rather than encouraging us to live like Jesus in the here and now so that we can make a real difference in the here and now Uh, too often Christianity became a way uh, to get people to accept um, the status quo and the culture around them and too often what Christianity has done is is embraced the culture 
And, and I have to be careful even now as, as I think about Christianity being, being countercultural. Too many people now today, when you say that Christianity is countercultural, here's how you'll often hear it. Yes, um, Jesus doesn't like that culture over there that looks different than mine, uh, but he endorses mine and affirms the culture in which I live. Yes? Is that not too often how we hear the challenge to be countercultural? We have lost the idea that Jesus formed a community of people to be an alternate society. A society that truly learned from Jesus and truly did the things that Jesus did. And that doesn't mean just in outward works. It means in how we, uh, how we inwardly interact with God. They, they spent time with God in prayer, not just to tell God what they wanted done, not just to ask God to give them what they wanted, not just to ask God to affirm their agendas, but they spent time in prayer, in conversation with God, primarily to listen and to hear what the Spirit had to say to them primarily so that they could be in connection with God and that they could understand God's way. They read Scripture not as a, a way to make their list of arguments so they could really debate well with somebody else. They read Scripture so that the story of God, so that the story of God might soak deep within them and begin to shape them and form them. When they gathered for work, I mean, can you imagine if today, as we gathered as followers of Jesus, if we sought to follow Jesus, if we would put these practices in place, if, if this is how we would experience uh, the different elements of our, of our spiritual disciplines, how different the world might be. They gathered for worship. Not just to, to feel good about themselves, not just to have somebody uh, tell them that even though uh, uh, the world is bad out there, that everything is well in here, or to pat them on the back. They gathered for worship to celebrate where they had seen God at work in their community and the world around them. They gathered not necessarily to hear a, a pastor stand up in front of them and unpack Scripture. They gathered as much to hear one another share how God had worked in and through them uh, during the week so that they would be reminded that God was still at work. And when they were out and about in the world, uh, we, we see that they interacted with all kinds of people. They didn't simply interact with people who looked and acted like them. They interacted with people who were pushed to the fringes of society. They interacted with people like Jesus, interacted with, with tax collectors who were the most despicable folks in, in their day and time because they were colluding with the Roman government. They interacted with these people in a loving and caring way, offering not condemnation, but offering healing and hope. And then they invited all kinds of people 
They, they invited all kinds of people across all political spectrums to join together in seeking to understand what it meant to follow Jesus Christ. They invited people to come alongside them in the journey so that they could be better followers of Jesus so that the Spirit might inhabit them and change them and transform them. They read and studied and gathered together in small groups not to gossip or complain about all of those people out there who were messing the world up, but they gathered in small groups to gather and to challenge each other to hear the Spirit and to respond to the Spirit and to go forth to live in love like Jesus, to go forth to, uh, to, to better stay connected to God, to go forth to be invitational, to go forth in order to serve others, even if it meant washing the feet. Think about that passage In John 13, you know who was among the disciples that Jesus washed the feet of? Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray him. And Jesus washed his feet. Let that sink in. Would we do the same today? Of somebody that we're in a conflict or somebody that we know uh, doesn't agree, would we washed their feet, would we allow them to wash our feet? Let it sink in. What would it look like today if the people who call themselves Christians, the people who call themselves followers of Jesus, really and truly spent time with Jesus. We're teachable and wanted to learn Jesus' ways. And then would allow the Spirit to send them forth into the world so that they indeed might do the same things that Jesus did and do even greater things. You see, folks, the problems that exist outside the church are because the church, the church fails to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let us, in this season, in this season, commit ourselves to walk the disciples' path, to become people who spend time with God, Learn from Jesus and go empowered by the Holy Spirit to use the gifts and talents that we have received towards the missions and purposes of Jesus Christ. And then let us gather back together every Sunday and celebrate the magnificent things that God is doing in our neighborhoods and the world. May it be so in our community this day and every day. Amen.